All right. And I'm going to try it again. Uh, made an attempt at going live, uh, but there was a, um, a great deal of uh, noise uh, coming through, which I'm guessing had to do with a, um, an HDMI cord and outlet. I, um, I did some pretty sort of fast action rushed uh, troubleshooting. And, and, you know, that's just a, a side effect of the, uh, the coronavirus business and things just really going sideways, like right when we were trying to um, fundraise to replace equipment. So we were only able to replace one piece of equipment when really we need to do like a full studio overhaul because uh, a great deal of this uh, stuff is from, well, a dec- over a decade old. <laughs> and, um, and yeah, there was a, a great deal of static coming through. Uh, so I did. I, I lost the uh, blog talk radio feed, so folks will not be able to call in. And also, it's just it's 11 p.m. So basically, like I'm back at work in like five or six hours or some shit like that. So uh, yeah, I just uh, got to get the program done. Um, all right, you had your link. You want to try to do that again uh, while I share it about. Actually, have a different one this time. Oh, all right. Uh, so babies among 24 killed as gunmen as gunmen attack maternity ward in Kabul. Uh, gunmen stormed a maternity hospital in the western part of the Afghan capital, setting off an hours-long shootout with the police and killing 24 people, including two newborn babies and their mothers and an unspecified number of nurses. Photos from the Ministry of Interior Affairs <clears throat> showed two young children lying dead inside the hospital. An image showed a woman who had been killed lying on the ground holding her baby. Uh, and a nurse in the unit confirmed to Reuters uh, that she, uh, she had survived and had been moved to an intensive care unit in another hospital. Security forces earlier cordoned off the area as they evacuated more than 80 women and infants from the hospital, where medical charity Doctors Without Borders runs a maternity clinic. Interior Ministry spokesman Tariq Ariane said three foreign nationals were among those safely evacuated. It is unclear why the hospital, a 100-bed facility, was targeted in what Ariane says was an act against humanity and a war crime. At least three attackers were wearing police uniforms, Jesus, uh, when entering the hospital and throwing grenades and shooting. A pediatrician who fled the hospital told AFP News Agency he heard a loud explosion at the entrance uh, in a mostly Shia neighborhood that has been attacked by ISIS in the past. The hospital was full of patients and doctors. There was total panic inside, said a doctor who asked not to be named. That is seriously fucked up. Uh, the neighborhood is home to many members of Af- Af- Afghanistan's Hazara community, a mostly Shia Muslim minority that has been attacked by ISIS in the past, including at a Kabul ceremony commemorating the death of one of its leaders in March. Rights group Amnesty International condemned both the attacks. These are unconscionable war crimes in Afghanistan today, targeting a maternity hospital and a funeral, uh, and we must awaken the world to the horrors civilians continue to face. Also on Tuesday, in a suicide bombing in the eastern Nahangahar province, Province, an attacker uh, targeted the Kiwa district funeral of a local pro-government militia commander and former warlord who died of a heart attack Monday. The Interior Ministry said the final casualty toll included 24 dead and 64 wounded. The wounded were brought to Nangahar Province Hospital, Golzuda Sangar. Well, you know, I'm sure Trump is going to get right on talking about this uh, as soon as he stops tweeting about Obamagate. Because, <laughs> you know, why the fuck not? Um, we still have some time, yeah? 
So uh, I want to go over this one because this uh, is first of all important. Secondly, dovetails nicely with the last episode we did where we were kind of making fun of uh, who was uh, Dennis Rand Paul, um, who was saying that he already had Corona. So <clears throat> he doesn't have to wear a mask anymore when he goes uh, back to Capitol Hill because he's already had it and he can't give it to anybody else because that's how he thinks Corona works. Weird from an alleged doctor. Hmm, fake degree. Uh, so, according to the Los Angeles Times, there's a black woman named Janice Brown who has returned to the hospital with COVID-19. Uh, here's the thing. Janice Brown already had it, uh, got over it, survived it, and now is back again with corona, uh, testing positive for corona. So, uh, Janice Brown is in the corner of a hospital room breathing into a tube designed to prevent pneumonia or the collapse of her lungs. It was the fourth week of April, and the last two months had been long and monotonous as Janice Brown started counting the cars rolling by her window just for something to do. The janitor and the nurses had become old acquaintances, so it seemed had coronavirus. In the short, uh, uh, no, no ads, please. <laughs> uh, in the Desert Valley Hospital's COVID-19 unit, Brown is a person of distinction. It's a notoriety no one would want, but sometimes in life you don't know what, you don't get to pick what makes you special. That's a fucked up way to put it. Brown, 66, was the first patient at Desert Valley to test positive for coronavirus and was also one of the first to be released. She thought she was in the clear, spending weeks masked, but confident walking around her sister's home and backyard in Rancho Cucamonga. Her doctor, uh, Imran Siddiqui, certainly thought he'd seen the last of Janice Brown. Just days after he discharged her on April 3rd, she'd said she was feeling great. Two weeks after that, in a follow-up call, Siddiqui spotted her name on the patient list. She had now tested positive for a second time. The story of Janice Brown, two-time corona, uh, coronavirus patient, parallels the story of the hospital that treated her. Both narratives are built around the hope that the worst is in the past, or at least not waiting on the horizon. Um, on Saturday, April 25th, Siddiqui unzipped... Uh, they have so much like detail about like the room and like the plastic isolation, and this is what it looks like, and I'm trying to get to the actual details of the story here. Um... Da -da -da -da. I, don't, I, don't, I think the rest of it is about the room. All right. And her and her doctor. But yeah, so she's got it back. She has, again, a temperature of 101. This is the fourth day of her second hospitalization. Uh, she was anticipating celebrating her birthday. Oh, no. At home, but is back in the hospital. So she's 66, has had cancer, two strokes, two heart attacks, renal failure, and congestive heart failure. This woman is going to fucking die. She, she has been on dialysis for over a year. And mind you, she's 66. Um, with her age and host of underlying health issues, she's exactly the kind of person that COVID-19 chews up and spits out. The coronavirus, Brown said with irony, just felt like the icing on the cake. So it started in early March. After two weeks, Brown thought she was on the mend. Um, and she said, no matter what comes, I'll trust in God, of course. And she said, I didn't realize I was preaching to myself. In a matter of days, Brown grew so sick she couldn't stand up. On March 24th, she landed back in the Desert Valley uh, emergency room and tested positive for COVID-19 again. So, I mean, yeah, we crack jokes about Rand Paul, but a lot of people do legitimately believe it's like fucking, you know, I have like, I'm vaccinated once I have it and I overcome it. No, you can fucking get it again. There's different strains of it. So keep wearing your fucking masks, people, please. Okay. All right. Uh, you want me to do more? Or? Uh, no, I want to get to the um, the boosie. I was trying to open up the blog talk again, but then I realized that the um, 
the blog talk voice would have uh oh. like, it would have talked over you at a very high decibels. Yes. <clears throat> All right, so it's um this boosy shit. Um it's gonna be a long setup and maybe a long segment. I don't know how long. I just um I know I saw the headline and I was instantly pissed, but maybe for sort of expanded reasons beyond why someone else might be pissed when they see these recent boosie headlines. Right. So off scratch, I could run it back to like 2007, 2006, and some rapper named Boosie hits the scene in a wave of fucking whack rappers. Mm-hmm. You know, D4L and all these laughy fucking taffy motherfuckers. These whack niggas. And I just wrote him Just another whack nigga, of course. And as time goes on, like, uh, this guy, DJ Vlad, comes on to the scene um, as, a, as a, a mixtape DJ. I don't know if he actually scratches and mixes. Sort of like the mixtape DJ kind of became like the corporate version <laughs> of the cultural DJ. D-E-E-J-A-Y. Right? The mixtape DJ is literally DJ disc jockey yeah. right and um and vlad came in doing that and then vlad started doing um interviews and um a lot of interviews with pornography folks um basically legal on-camera sex workers interviews with any rapper that would come on and talk with them mm-hmm. and um as his platform got bigger started interviewing bigger rapper names i really didn't know that because I started falling out of the loop. I didn't know how big Boosie Badass was, mm-hmm. like, as a rapper. Um, pretty well-known cat. And um, as you're moving forward, like, the interviews, some of the shit's actually pretty damn good. You can have your critiques all day, but, like, as far as, like, journalism on West Coast Crip Hop, Vlad is the number one source. Like, those Trady interviews, those BG Knockout, Drayster interviews great very constructive stuff the mob james stuff very constructive like west coast shit has never gotten interviews this good not even in like murder dog or ill tip magazine in the 90s but you also see other shit right because you let autoplay go while you're doing chores and whatnot and one of the things you get is uh the boosie transphobia but of course vlad actually kind of identifies with a lot of these rappers like vlad be believing in the same like transphobic and homophobic conspiratorial shit Mm -hmm. that like these hotel like like that's why lord jamar from the uh brand nubians is such a regular on there because him and vlad agree with a lot of that transphobic shit that they be on and um and boosie's on there and one of the things that um i don't want to use the word viral i think that word gets misused but like as far as like hip-hop circles it got made the rounds heavily with Boosie talking about a, uh, what's the, the Dwayne Wade, a basketball oh, yeah, feller. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. That has a, a child that he's raising in his own home and you can mind your business. <laughs> right. Right. But, um, yes. But he's on the camera talking about, uh, verbatim quote, don't cut his dick off dog. You know, don't, mm-hmm. I, I can't, I'm too pissed off to try to do, to try to respect the accent. Uh-huh. Cause I am legitimately fucking pissed. And, um, but, you know, he said, don't cut his dick off, dog, and all that shit. And then, um, and then this headline hit where, like, Boosie's talking about got his son's dick sucked by a grown woman for his birthday. Mm-hmm. And then I look, and this is something that 
I don't know if he, I think he has like more than one son, and this is like from 2014, and it's kind of making the rounds again. Mm-hmm. And um, there's audio here coming off of uh, complex.com, uh, which I think comes from a magazine that, of course, every magazine has to have a website now where you're not yeah. going to make it in the game. And, um, and like, here's a video tweet, and this is from May 12th, so, like, it's sort of back up again, and there's a picture embedded, and apparently he has three sons, oh. and, um, and this is just kind of what the fuck he does. It, the picture of the sons makes it even worse, because those are clearly, like, children. Those are not, yeah. like, like th- those are babies. Those are babies. Yeah, they're little, they're, yeah, like, the, you look at the little mushy faces, mm. like, that's larva, you know? And uh, so here's, uh, you can hear this audio here. Boys, right. I'm training them boys, right. Xena, my, 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 my. All right, so he said, I'm, I'm training them boys, right. Right, so I guess um, by forcing them to be sexually active when you feel like they should be, yep. training them boys, right. Yep, you, Xena, Max, my son. Yeah, they were 12, 13, they got hit. 1213, they got head. All right. Continuing. Yeah. That's how it's supposed to be. Yeah. Hell yeah, I got. That's how it's supposed to be. And it looks like he's reading comments because he's on a live and he's like, hell yeah, responding to comments. Mm-hmm. My fucking son, Dick Suck. He's fucking right. <coughs> yes, a grown woman. And then and he's saying on there, yes, a grown woman. So he made her into a rapist. All right. Grown, super grown. Okay, super grown. Like, I don't even know what the... Okay. Probably she looks like an Instagram model or something. Or you know what? Because there, there's certain ways that, like, niggas be using vernacular when it comes to, like... The, and I know white people are tuned in. You're going to hear some black shit if you're tuning into this. <laughs> Fucking sh- strap in, fuckface. All right, um, is he saying super grown? I bet he's talking about body type. Yeah. What they call thick, if yeah. you will. Instagram I, model. Pretty. Okay, I don't I don't know. I, uh, I don't look at that stuff. Yeah, well, people, like, you know how Meg the Stallion, like like a Nicki Minaj. I don't, or, I don't, uh, I don't know what any of those people yeah. look like. Yeah, it's, <laughs> a, it's assumed, like, the Instagram model is, like, the thick, light skin or racially ambiguous uh, woman, like, Long hair, very thick, very curvy, like a Nicki Minaj or a Cardi B or a Megan Thee Stallion. That's, yeah, hmm. that's like what the, the ideal Instagram look. Yeah, like to this, like right now in this very moment, if you were to put like 10 um, black women in fancy clothes and, you know, fancy, expensive, whatnot, makeup mm-hmm. and all that, and one of them is the Beyonce Knowles. I can't pick them out of a lineup. <laughs> I deliberately don't look at that shit. That all, uh, like, I, I fell out of popular culture years ago and I don't want to go back. <laughs> Super grown. Checked his ass out. Checked all my nephews out. Super grown. Okay, checked all his nephews out. So he just hired her to just, uh, through the family there. She is she grown. She checked me out. I know what the fuck she did to them. And he's saying he knows. I know what the fuck she did. And, she, and notice his words, did to him. There's an awareness there. Mm-hmm. But also, like, so is he suggesting that he had sex with her first to sort of, like, test out the experience to make sure it was, like, hetero enough for them? Is that, like, what he's saying? 
Because that sounds like what he's saying to me is like, yeah, I had sex with her first to make sure it's like sufficiently whatever I want this to be for them that I decided for them. Yeah, I can't decipher that one. Sometimes it gets a little challenging, right? Because like I can I can sniff out some vernacular. I've heard a lot of, um, you know, my, my fellow black folks from different regions. But yeah, sometimes, especially when you get into the South, sometimes I just don't know what the fuck. Remember, the South is where I heard a nigga say, put a spider in his pocket and said the more legs you got in your pocket the more money you get so my my southern black folks lose me sometimes she checked me out that bitch i'm getting prepared man he did say check me out i yeah. maybe i think what you're on to something and he said i'm getting them prepared prepared for what i guess to be to not be in cells i'm guessing but even that, like, even aside from the fact that this is like such disgusting rape culture, so preparing them for what? Do you think they're always going to be having sex with like I don't know what is this like a twenty-two year old Instagram model? No, they're going to want to be with the fucking girl, the fifteen or sixteen year old girl in their sophomore class. Like they're not gonna like. Maybe they would be naturally. Yeah. But like, but you don't want that. You want them to be players. Ugh. Right, I'm, I put up the air quotes for folks tuned into the podcast audio, and um, I guess like something that really pisses me off. It's like this shit. It, it's it, it's been there. It, it's always been in the shit, and like I'm not the only one, right? Like I, I've brought these things up because I still enjoy the records, right? Mm-hmm. Like I I like a, a a funky snare, a good a good bass line. I like a dope flow. But at the same time, I hear lyrics and I critique the shit mm-hmm. because th- there's something like um, deliberately dehumanizing of our own black boys that we're doing and that he's putting very much on display right there, much more blatantly than what we're used to, which again, is like that kind of shit where like, uh, we I don't think we say this on the podcast much, but like when we're just at home every once in a while, I'd just be like, like, you know, if, if fucking, if Queen Latifah had a Twitter in 1991, yeah. she'd been saying some wild transphobic type and all sorts of wild, like, man, if some of our fucking favorites from the 90s had Twitter, yeah, shit, we, uh, but like now we do, and now we can really hear these niggas saying this grimy shit now, mm-hmm. Bec- and then it's like, um, this shit is, is gonna move forward, because now <coughs> these boys understand that, okay, at 12, you're grown enough for this sexual encounter. Mm -hmm. So now when those boys are 27, 35-year-old grown men, they're going to see a 12-year-old girl and be like, I was grown enough, she grown enough. Yeah. Like, and then that the cycle perpetuates. Right. And then, of course, there's going to be boys under them, and they're going to teach those boys that same shit. Yes. Well, then I got to wonder, too, so... The, the 30-year-old men who saw the 12-year-old and said, I was grown enough, she's grown enough, if that 12-year-old then becomes the 22-year-old Instagram model who is with Boosie's kids now. And and then, boom, and then 20 years later, next generation. 20 years later, next generation. But am I surprised? No, I'm not fucking surprised. Um, I remember, because um, remember, I'm a, I'm a heavy hip-hop 90s nerd. Like, um, I was in poverty, but I bet you I had a fucking Source magazine, an XXL magazine, a Murder Dog magazine, and an Ill Tip magazine every month. I got my little money together and got my magazines and read the shit out of them interviews. And I remember um, Luke 
from the two live crew out there in Miami, Florida. And um, pretty sure this interview was out of the source. And um, he said that his older brother locked him in his in the room with um <laughs> what I think we would refer to as a survival sex worker. Mm-hmm. And he said, like, the shit was nasty. It was gross. Like, he said he was very uncomfortable. But he said, you can't come out until you get some pussy. Mm-hmm. Right? And, and that's his older brother locking that little ass boy in there and forcing him to do that shit. Right? Um... <clears throat> I can, uh, I remember a fucking, um, a Lil Wayne interview that I saw on, like, some real, like, uh, some off-brand DVD, some cats trying to come up. I found it on the YouTube, like, a year ago, but I, I didn't have time to bring it up on the podcast with other show notes, but, um, Lil Wayne was, like, kind of going into the age of 17, and Cash Money relatively recently had the Universal deal, so they were on their big tour, I think it was the tour where it was Cash Money and Rough Riders, Mm -hmm. and they're being interviewed, and um, and uh, they're like, oh, and like, because Lil Wayne is a very interesting artist at this time. He's ridiculously nice. He's outshining niggas. He's young. He's the reason why Bling Bling is in the dictionary. Like, he's very interesting. So the interviewers kind of single in on. Uh, single him out and really want to ask him questions and they're like oh and like everyone knows like you have a daughter and they're like hey do you ever bring your daughter out on these uh tours and he's like no these dudes too nasty man Mm. right and that's wayne little 17 year old ass little wayne these dudes too nasty and i can see that and i can see that's little 17 year old ass little wayne and i get it like we see like uh when trayvon martin happened we're like oh look at little that baby Trayvon look at what they did to that baby but let's not I'm talking to my fellow black people here and um I don't know about everywhere but in black America let's not bullshit ourselves all right because yeah we can see that childhood there when um he gets attacked by a white supremacist but I guarantee you in the neighborhood in the household it's oh you're 17 get a job you damn near grown or some will just say you grown now or you 16 you grown, you 15, you grown. And then we start pumping that in their heads. Um, When I first went to the foster care system, um, I was 12 and a 17 year old from Florida uh, came up and was in the same foster care house for a while, but was 17, so was out quick. And uh, he was saying like, fuck, I'm basically grown anyway. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and the adults that are around that were in their late 20s and early 30s, they were giving him beer, giving him cigarettes. Mm-hmm. They're like, he's grown. You know, so let's not bullshit ourselves like we don't be calling 17, 16, and 15 fucking grown. We do. Or if you're younger than that and you're acting grown, we call that grown. But then where does the acting grown come from? We just saw Boosie show it right there. Mm -hmm. They forced the acting grown on him. That shit ain't new. And then um, uh, Brad Jordan, you may know him as Scarface of the Ghetto Boys. Also, one of those interviews that I remember from one of those old magazines, he said his uh, his babysitter, and this is the verbatim quote, she tore me off some skull, right? And think about it, he's at the age where he still needs a babysitter. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if you can ejaculate at that time. Mm. I'm not a sciencer. Pretty sure I wasn't. You know, this, this, this shit's fucking rowdy. Um, I can even, um, fuck, I can point to a... Uh, I'm a big time Sacramento <laughs> rap nerd, right? And that shit's out there. So like, what what did I say earlier, right? Those boys, they see their sexuality devalued mm-hmm. and um and put down to um 
12 years old is old enough, mm-hmm. right? So that they become the grown men that see young girls and say, oh, 12 years old is old enough. Mm-hmm. So I could point to that. Uh, the name of the artist is First Degree and the name of the album is Southbound. And Phoenix is right next to me. I do not have notes in front of me. This shit is all memorized. Yep. I've been thinking about and talking about this shit for years. Yep. The name of the album is Southbound and the name of the song is Up In Your Grill. And this is the lyric, verbatim quote, um, statutory rape, right? I can't call. Cause if there's grass on the field, play ball. This batters up. Ew. All right. Name of that. Again. And if, and if folks want to fact check me on this shit, name of the album is Southbound. Name of the artist is first degree. Name of the song is up in your grill. Uh, fucking. And then you see, and then it goes into the rape culture and you can hear where the rape culture is normalized. Like, and we've covered the Selly Cell record where, um, where you see those examples where, you know, the, the, the first rule of rape culture is you never say the word rape, right. but there are some niggas that will, uh, 1995 name of the album season of the sickness name of the artist, brother Lynch hung name of the song. That's real gangster shit. What is the lyric verbatim? My nigga art B raping those hoes. Right. Um, uh, also, I think 1995, heavy year for hip hop. Uh, name of the artist, Master P. Uh, name of the album, uh, Ice Cream Man. And uh, name of the song, Break 'Em Off. Uh, featured artist, Pimp C from Houston, Texas. And um, and he was his verse was about sort of committing like a home invasion crime. And um, and verbatim quote from that verse: I'm looking at rape. I'm looking at kidnap. But when them bitches get there, you gonna be full of hot caps. They're very aware of this shit. All right. Um, name of the artist, Bootleg. Name of the group, The Dayton Family. I do not remember the name of the album. I'm okay with admitting that. <clears throat> but the um, the name of the song is Down With This Dope Game. The diggy diggy dope dilla. It's the diggy diggy dope nigga. And a uh, verbatim quote from artist Bootleg. Um... She was raped and brutally beaten, murdered, my job's done. So obviously the um the context is telling a story about being paid to take out a hit on someone. But in rape culture, you have to rape and brutally beat her first. And and we can see where this shit is. And like that's not exactly connected to Boosie, but that shit is right there. It's been there. Mm-hmm. Right. But I think it's more important to, you know, listen to folks that actually analyze these things. Because a lot of people that talk about they're just going to say gangster rap. They say the N word and fuck, I don't like it. And it's like there's a lot more to critique from that. And that comes from these uh, mostly Gen X cats that really created it and brought it forward. But who raised them? Right. Boomers. Yeah. Black boomers in our black neighborhoods and our black communities, that's where they got it from. And I was just sharing this one with Phoenix before I even saw this Bootsy shit. And the um the name of the group, DRS, Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. And you may have heard their shit. You remember that song in the 90s? In that gangsta lean in that. Well, that those folks actually had an album uh beyond that single. And on that album, they have a pretty horrorcore record called The Sickness. And they mostly sing, but they do have a few raps. And in the rap, um, here's the verbatim quote from That Sickness. I think this was 1994. This was not a 95 album. And um, the Red Rum, Red Rum, Mo Murder, Mo Murder. Uh, you said, uh, <clears throat> ah, here it is. Uh, I used to have a fine B word till I had to hurt her. 
Um, uh, this bitch by my side started to turn cold. I'm still fucking the body, and it's three days old. That's most. That's that horrorcore shit, right? But uh, no time to forgive me for the things that I did, uh, cause today is a bitch and her three little kids. The youngest was three, the oldest was nine. I hope they soul go to heaven, cause the ass is mine. Now he moves a little forward though, right? And this is where I think that some of you boomers that hate the gangster rap so much need to deal with the fact that y'all was pretty fucked up in the household too when y'all made these niggas in the '70s and the or in the late '60s. Um, verbatim quote from that. It all started when my pops lost his job. He started taking it out on me and my moms. He used to beat her down like she was a G. Then he turned around and did a daddy dearest on me. He put the pistol to my head and this is what he said. One less mouth to feed if your ass was dead. So you see, I didn't get the sickness by myself. Now I'm taking it out on everybody else. And now I think um, when it comes to like rape culture and like um, especially like domestic violence, what goes on behind closed doors, what these black boomers don't like is that these Gen X gangster rappers were doing what they call airing dirty laundry. Right. But it's like, well, stop fucking shitting in the pants. Yeah. If you don't shit in the pants, there's no dirty laundry to air, fucko. Let me see if there's a comment section. Uh, someone <laughs> said, hey, wonderfuls. Hey. Howdy do, uh, Sydney Loco. There's Mohana Loco, the dancer. Fallon Loco. Not many folks tuned in. It is 11.38 p.m. Yes. And, um, yeah, like, oh, God, like, th- there's, there's so much more. You can go through these albums and really analyze this shit. And, yeah, you have some. Oh, <laughs> go ahead. Oh, I know you got oh. you got some oh. thoughts. <laughs> no, I was just, uh, just go- thinking back to Boosie and just this whole idea um, that, because I think it was like it was a Tupac interview where he was like, "What can I be more than my sexuality?" <laughs> right? Which one was that? I do not know which interview it was, but I remember him saying that. But you know, that line had always kind of stuck with me. And like the more I see stuff like this, I'm just like, "This is horrific." I get it, but it's also just like, why? Why would you? I I just don't understand why you would do that. Like that's not. Is it that like ho type shit where like you think you can make them be straight because their first encounter was hetero do you like i don't it is it's a weird obsession yo like um and i remember that shit like in the neighbor like um even when you're a little ass boy right like nine years old eight years old and like you might be playing two square with a girl like Mm -hmm. with a fucking ball you know like a fucking child Mm -hmm. and here we'll walk up like some 14 or 15 year old be like you fuck her yet you gonna fuck her i've i've had that shit said directly to me i've seen it happen coming up mm-hmm. like that shit is going on in the neighborhood and now it's like oh here, here, here's the problem here's the problem here's the problem what's the solve right what's the solve you have to get the black boys out of these neighborhoods yeah. the grown men you can't you're not gonna save them like the like, they're gone. Mm-hmm. Like they they're just they're too old. They think it's right. They don't see what's logical about not getting some pussy dog. Mm-hmm. But you have to have class privilege to do that. Like you can't right. just go adopting kids that you can't afford to fucking raise and take care of. Of course, but as you say that, then now like what's in my head, of course, is the whole like blaming black women for breaking up the black family or blaming feminism for like breaking up the black family because. 
if a black woman were in that situation, her husband's like, oh, I'm going to hire, you know, a sex worker to rape our child, which is basically what happened here. Um, and she's like, no, we're leaving. We're going to go move to the suburbs. And then all of a sudden she's ruining his life, right? She's, uh, she's, she's breaking apart the black family. And it's like, but he wants his kid to get raped. I mean, that's rape. It's what we were talking about this a little bit earlier. Um, yeah. what did you say? Um, it's not corrective rape. It's preemptive rape. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Phoenix says, yeah, she was like, what, is that, like, preemptive? Yeah, and I was like, that's, it's preemptive. Like, they want to get out ahead of it because I, I'm get, I'm not in these niggas' heads, so I have to speculate on what the fuck makes them think this is logical. And I guess it's kind of like, you're not a loser because you're getting laid. Yeah. And it's like, who gives a fuck about being a goddamn loser or not? Let him be a fucking child. Well, I think that that's also tied into, the, like, the fucking homophobia thing, right? Because if their child isn't having sex, even if the child was hetero, but just, like, asexual, right? Or just not sexually active at that time, they're still the, like, but you might turn out to be gay and that's a problem. Can't let them be gay. Can't let them be gay. Yeah, they, they think that turning gay is a thing. Right, like uh, back when we used to do the social justice bullies program, like we heard that with Tariq Nasheed, right? Whereas, um, where he said, uh, like, if and and the homophobia with 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 black men, with black men that are, um, ugh, they're still conservative, but they're not as conservative as the ones that will just fucking kill you, you know? Right. Like in some areas, but like. They'll be like, oh, lesbians, that's okay, right? Like, he mm-hmm. said, like, oh, if you're just in college and you mess around with another woman, okay, you could turn around. And he said verbatim, quote, get your mind right. Right. But um, but he was like, oh, you, but if you get a, a dick in your ass, that, you know, changes you forever. Which, again, comes speaks back to the, the myth of virginity. Right. Right? The social construct of virginity that a penis changes you forever. And, and then he said, uh... Wait, remember he said you end up in a bathroom sending dick signals. Yes. From yes. that episode. Elite, elite, yeah, elite dick signals. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's an old episode. We used to do a program called Social Justice Bullies with this whack-ass nigga. Isn't uh, also that, because that's the same type of person who has that theory that, like, being gay or having some sort of sexual experience with a man not only makes you gay, but makes you, like, like effeminate gay? Because they're like, oh, always switching around and shit. Right? Yeah. And it's like... So, and I wonder if that does tie into, like, the Boosie thing as well, that it's like, well, it, it's not even necessarily just the idea of your child being gay, but your the idea of your child being effeminate. Like, they seem to think every gay person is effeminate, and that's, like, somehow, like, especially heinous to them. I don't know why, but... Yeah, yeah. it's like, all right, go run up on Dan Savage and call him effeminate. I just, I don't, I don't get it. I don't get it. But, yeah, it's really harmful, and it's hurtful rhetoric, and I just don't understand why somebody would want your child to be raped like that's fucking like why, he, why would you do that why would you do that like here can, can you um can you hold up that poster that recently came in the mail yeah yeah see if that comes up on camera all right folks see that poster Phoenix Kalita's holding up you know who bought that into this household fucking me <laughs> all right you want to put it down all right i brought that into this household because i'm a fan of femme things i've always liked femme things and my biological mother let me like femme things she didn't restrict that and guess what the fuck i am a hetero nigga that wears steel toe boots to work and is married to a woman like let nature be natural nope right like when i was a child um when uh, a video game came out like I'm most likely to pick Chun Li because 
the uh, the femme character looks cool and does that wicked kick thing. Yeah. Right? Like, I picked Sonya Blade in Mortal Kombat because that kiss of death uh, fatality was fucking neat. Right? Um, Melina was better, but okay. The what? Melina was better. I don't okay. think she was in the first one. Oh, I think the first one only had Sonya Blade. Katana was in the first one. Nah, it's the second one. Mm. Yeah, the second with uh, the the purple one and the blue one. Yes. Katana yeah, like Melina. This, yes. Yeah, yeah, and and I was picking them. Yep. You know, but and I remember like after my biological mother died, like I'm around other people and they're like, "Why are you always picking the girls?" And I'm like, "Did I not win?" <laughs> like you had to pass the controller and I'm still holding. Talk shit when you beat me. You know, like what the fuck? <laughs> and um. Like again, yeah. back when my going back to my biological mother was alive, and I've told this story on the podcast probably the same amount of time as we have episodes, and um, we go to see the Batman Returns film, but like a couple parents and all bring their kids, and after that you hit the fucking the merch stand on the way out. Mm-hmm. Everybody's getting their merch. I want the fucking Catwoman shirt. My biological mother lets me have it. Mm-hmm. All right, she lets, and I looked on um online for like a Catwoman poster from that time, and. They're like a hundred bucks, so like no, no. <laughs> but fucking yeah, like let the fucking boys like femme things. No, or who you think you're raising as a boy might be trans, might be a quick fuck. Let them live. Nope, nope, can't do it. And I think that's that whole like the stereotype thing, um, which is just funny as you're saying these things. So I'm thinking about uh, in the last foster care house I was in, the one where I was adopted to, they intentionally um redecorated my bedroom to be like really feminine because I didn't act feminine enough and it was a problem <laughs> and so they made my bedroom, bedroom extra femme and I remember one time uh, when oldest child was little and uh, I spent the night there with him for whatever reason and they um, wouldn't let us sleep in my old bedroom we had to sleep downstairs it's a furnished basement so it was like whatever but they wouldn't let us uh, sleep in my old bedroom because it was too femme and they were worried it was going to make him gay <laughs> Because it was, like, pink flowers on the wallpaper and shit. <laughs> but, yeah, it's just not fucking logical. It's really not. And I just, like, are you going to fucking... How... You can't make somebody be gay or hetero. Just... I don't... I don't understand the obsession. And it's, like... And if your kid is gay, so what? So fucking what? Yeah. And it's, like... And it's, like, just stop projecting. Stop being so fucking... And that's a conservative thing is just being sex-obsessed. Right? Yeah. And, like... And that's why so many of these niggas la- latch on to um to Wacky Wellsing. Uh, mm. Francis Cress Wellsing. You know, rest in pain. Fuck off, you weirdo. Uh, <laughs> like... Yes. Yeah, I don't give a fuck about that. That nigga is so fucking destructive. Yes. And, uh... And because... It's in it's that what are the, the I think the fancy educated folks call it projectionism because mm-hmm. like you're constantly thinking about sex all the time you Mister and Mrs conservative mm-hmm. I have to use the gender binary because y'all folks can't think outside of that Mister nope. and Mrs conservative and um and so as soon as you see two people that you think might be gay the first thing you're thinking of is them fucking yeah which one's the man which one's the woman type thing yeah it's like i have yeah i've had girlfriends and that's like the which one of you is like you know doing the penetrating do we know you like what the fuck yeah <laughs> like, <laughs> like 
like again, and 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 maybe you're somebody who's tuned in. Like, man, I don't be doing that. I don't be doing. Yeah, the fuck you do. Yeah, you do. Right? Or like, and and also, um, and and if you do do that, and you can admit it, all right, practice that. Like, you know, uh, uh, go up when you see folks that you assume are a hetero couple. Walk up and ask them that same shit right to their faces. Kind of weird, ain't it? A little bit. Little gross. A <laughs> little bit. Right, it's it's kind of like people like um like you normal people that come from families. All right, when you start getting up in age and your kids are adults, don't be saying when you gonna make me some babies. You know how gross that is. That is fucking gross. Like you're basically saying, so when you gonna fuck raw for me? All no. right, right, like it, like right. If if you're a, uh, I mean, we're talking on the the cisgender binary here, right. right? Like if you're the woman, like it's like, hey, when you gonna, hey. Let them shoot some loads in you. What's your problem? Right. Right? Like, or if you're, if you're the man, it's just like, hey, 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 take the condom off, son. Come on. Yep. No, literally, come on. Like, you're fucking gross. Mr. and Mrs. Normal, and these you're are disgusting. Same, these yes. are the same fucking people who are obsessed with, like, the gender of the child, too. And be like, I have to know, uh, you know, in utero, what are the genitals like so I can tell if it's a boy or a girl? <clears throat> yeah. Right, and you could point that back to an old uh, Simpsons episode uh, from the '90s when, um, when, and it was like they did like this sort of flashback thing when mm-hmm. Bart was born. And they're like, "Oh, it's a boy, and what a boy!" That's the umbilical cord, sir. Oh, it's fucking, and, and and I mean, obviously they were lampooning it, and it's like, right. but no, there's people who actually say that, yeah, yeah, they wouldn't lampoon it if it wasn't uh, real. That's well, yeah, and that's actually I have on um, my ultrasound pictures from when I was pregnant, they were like, do you want to know? And I was like, yeah, let me know. And But they were like fucking circling the penis and shit and fucking like drawing arrows to it. Be like, it's a boy! And I was like, oh, it, wait, what? you didn't have to... Yeah, I actually have, in, in that photo album, they actually have like ultrasound pictures where they... Yeah. Yeah, they're like, this is so <laughs> important. And it's like, I mean, yeah, to get urine out of my body, yeah, it's, it's, it's fairly important. important. But even without that, we have medical technology that can help with those things. Because yep. I, I tell you right now, my hands, way more important than my penis. I'm just saying that. Yeah, like, when I go to work and I'm fixing machines, my pants stay on. All right? That's just a fact-based fact. Yes. Like, I'm not, I'm not tightening up nuts and bolts and shit with my scrotum. I'm not mm-hmm. doing that. All right, I'm not touching a 180 degree seal bar with my crotch so that I can pay the bills at home. No, I'm using my hands. My hands are much more important body parts than my penis. My eyes, my eyes are so important, I got glasses to make them work better. I don't have penis enhancers to make me urinate better. It's working just fine as is. Stop worrying so much about fucking genitals, Mr. and Mrs. Normal. Fucking weird. Fucking weirdos. <clears throat> Check in the comments section. Yeah. Not yeah. much. I think folks are just tuned in like, what, like the what the fuck, the fuck is, is this? <laughs> this nigga's um, yelling. But yeah, and, you know, but going back to the boosie thing where you were saying, um, so now it's like telling like 12-year-old boys like, oh, you're grown enough. So that means in, you know, when they're 30, 12-year-old girls are grown enough. And then you were talking about Tariq Nashi. So then I just, you know, because... It took me a while to get there, but then I was thinking about the shit we were talking about, like the Q dogs and shit, right? They're oh, like they're just freaks, right? Oh, the and Q it's dog like, rapists, yes, right? They're just freaks. And how many times, uh, then when a woman is raped, it's not a big deal because the boys were raped in the first place, and that's just a rite of passage. 
and how often is when women and girls are raped that it's just that's just life that's just how it goes it's not a big deal well you were his rite of passage yep yeah there you go it's his rite of passage and you were the fucking um like you're the broom he had to jump to be married to manhood Ugh. yeah I know, right? Oof. I'm real. I'm I, I'm, a, I'm a blast at parties. Um, <laughs> in the comments section, uh, Mohana the dancer said, uh, "My boomer elders wanted me to get the um, sex for them. I did not. We found out there was a penis when he was born, mm-hmm. right? Which you can uh, like maybe for some sort of medical reasons, and not the sort of yeah. F- just get get off the damn genitals." You fucking weirdos. And then I uh, let me point back to the hip-hop shit again, right? Where now, speaking back to the context of what we were talking about, what, like, 30 minutes ago? Um, where these older men do this to these boys, and then mm-hmm. these boys become older men that see younger people at that age, and they're like, yo. So, pointing to an E-40 lyric, all right? Now we're going to an album. It's titled <laughs> In a Major Way, and the name of the song is Sideways, featuring Be Legit. <laughs> lyrics verbatim 9 10 11 and up if you bleed you get fucked no not me not foe oh i beat the bush down with a two by foe now what's he saying there he's saying that the um the common knowledge in his community is that if you're menstruating at 9 you get fucked by grown men. But he's, but now this is where I guess he thinks he's virtue signaling in this lyric by saying, no, not me, not foe. Oh, I beat the bush down with a two by foe. So with him, it's not even moral. It's just logistical. It's a, it's a matter of the part. Like my penis is just too big. So that's the only reason why I'm not doing that. Disgusting. Right, and then uh, let's keep it on E40 and be legit. See, I was gonna yeah. interpret that to mean that he just waits until there's like pubic hair because they're grown, and no, that your your interpretation was way more dark. Huh? Because because remember, I, I've I've been I've been analyzing that lyric since I was 11 years old, my damn self. Yeah. Because I was just like, wait, what the fuck is he talking about? You know, because at the same, I at that age, I don't know all that vernacular, so I keep playing this stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, and as you get older, you understand more vernacular. Then you go back and play lyrics again. You're like, whoa, what the fuck is yeah. wrong with y'all niggas? You know, um, <clears throat> and uh, yeah, E40 and Be Legit still. The album, 1997, and it's the I'm Bout It soundtrack from Master P's I'm Bout It uh, movie. Mm-hmm. Oh, fuck, excuse me. Never mind. They do have a song on that, but that's the wrong soundtrack. I'm thinking of the Booty Call soundtrack. Oh, okay. Um, also 1997. All right. The name of the movie is Booty Call. Jamie Foxx, Tommy Davidson. They have a good time. Vivica Fox. Everybody's having a blast in there. I think um, I forgot the other uh, famous black person in that film. But uh, E40 and Be Legit are on the soundtrack. And the name of the song is Don't Blame It On Me. And um, and Be Legit's lyrics were, um, we some grown men that turned your hoe out. And all we ever did was stuff dick in her mouth. Now, why would he emphasize that we're grown men that turned your hoe out? Why is the grown men like, that's interesting. Mm. It's like, yeah, man, I've been paying attention to this shit. 
been uh, i mean i guess maybe more people will pay attention hopefully folks check out this episode go back reevaluate some of this shit yeah. it's disgusting and i mean there's more so like you can look at you know stuff that's not even exactly that you can go back to 1988 with uh with tone loke and one of his most popular songs that i guarantee you if it comes on in a skating rink right now niggas will jam out to it rock out to it but the name of the record is a uh, uh, funky cold Mediner mm-hmm. and uh, just a ridiculously transphobic verse at the end of it. Right. Where oh, he's like, yeah. Uh, yeah, where he's like, uh, I threw up out. I don't fool around with no Oscar Meyer wiener. Mm-hmm. That's how I found you. Don't play around with the funky cold Medina. Yeah. Yeah. His transphobic verse from 1988 which I remember hearing that when I was five, six, seven, eight years old, just laugh like, oh, that's so funny. Ha, 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 ha. You know, when you get older, you're like, wait a second. Like, this this is negative. This is counter-constructive. <laughs> there was Afro Man who did the opposite. All right. At, wait. With Afro, he was like, oh, well, psh, no, got to go. But, like, wasn't, like, it was, like, funny. He's like, yeah. Hmm. The way he said it was funny. Was- Oh, let me, what was Afro Man's? What, what, that was like his second verse of Colt Forty Five. Yeah, cause he like whooped out a dick that was bigger than mine. But like the way he said it was like, he I mean, I'm did, not doing this, but but isn't, isn't it like still like you're pushing transphobic? Like I think, think it's so? still counter constructive. Oh, I don't like think it, it's constructive. Oh, but man. I think it's more progressive than that, which is just interesting. Right, so now we're we're looking at the progression of transphobia in crip hop. Hmm. Which I think there's a what a 13 year difference right there, right? Yeah. That's 1988 to 2001. Yeah, Jesus Christ! I think I've riffed about all the riffing on it. All the riffing on it. Yeah, there were other things that I don't think I'll get to. It is 11:58 p.m. Ooh. But uh, so let's take a look here. Oh, I have to. There's like you have to turn the Do mouse back stuff. on the computer. But uh, so uh, Illinois State Representative uh, Cam Buckner uh, stopped by police after leaving a store while wearing a mask. Obviously oh. a black man. But uh, me, because the first thing, they, the words that really stand out to me is state representative. And it's like, I'm not just going to jump out and just be like, oh, my God, what done going to happen? And it's like, wait a second. So I actually went and looked. And Cuz has a good voting record okay. in um, challenging institutional ableism. Oh, so, right. yeah, like, hold it down for Cam Buckner. And that, that's a short version of his name. Let me see. I think I have his real name here on it's another article. Oh, there. You see it? Cambium? Yeah, Cambium Buckner is his full name. K-A-M-B-I-U-M. Cambium Buckner. Uh, has a good voting record, is a very um, anti-institutionalized ableism uh, politician. Nice. Ooh, and I see he likes clean energy, too. Yeah. Like, this, this, is, a, this is a legit cat. So, um, yeah, I, I fucks oh, with Cam shit. Buckner. All right. Yeah, you also, like this nigga shit, uh, Yeah, huh? allowing uh, restaurants to take uh, EBT cards. And what, what house bill is that? Uh, which one? The EBT cards? Yeah. HB three three four three. All right, House Bill three three four three. Which uh, what was that? One more time. Uh, establish a resident meals pro- a restaurant meals program to individuals who are elderly or disabled or homeless to be able to redeem EBT benefits at restaurants. Oh, Mohana the dancer has a hip hop ass memory from nineteen eighty eight. Mohana the dancer pointed out, yeah, when Tone Low 
And this was outside of the verse. This was when, like, just the talking part at the end of it said, ain't no plans with a man. And, yep, and I remember, too, because after that, he said, this is the 80s, and I'm down with the ladies. Okay. Yeah. I remember, yep. Yep, Mohana the Dancer. Yep, we are we are old school heads, aren't we? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Bumping the sit, checking out that same shit for a long time. <clears throat> Like, I remember when I finally really understood what the song Chiba Chiba was about. <laughs> hey. Well. Um, Kuja Duncan made the show notes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, with a post, because the, the first three words are always, why are men? Yes. And this one is, uh, you, maybe you have an answer. Why are men so good at being disappointing? Because patriarchy allows it and encourages it. I was about to leave that comment myself. I was like, oh yeah, patriarchy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, because, uh, and like, and even encourages it because, like, uh, like, say you're just some dorky dude, just kind of unaware, floating through life, right? Unaware of your privilege, right? Mm-hmm. Fish in water. And what patriarchy tells you is you're supposed to be this, and you're supposed to have this bicep, and you're mm-hmm. supposed to have that job, and you're supposed to move up that corporate ladder and get that promotion. And have this height and have this shoe size and be this father and have this type of dog. Mm-hmm. And when you don't become that thing, that like you're already disappointing yourself. Right. Right? And then um, you're going to end up disappointing, uh, say you're a hetero man and you're uh, getting with a hetero woman. Mm-hmm. And you're going to end up disappointing her because you're going to be like, oh, I'm going to get that promotion. Yeah. I'm a man and that's what's supposed to happen. Mm-hmm. You know, or sexually. Mm-hmm. Because you probably don't even know what discharge is. <laughs> uh, you probably don't yes. even know that the clitoris goes six inches up inward on average. Yeah. Like, you probably still think the clitoris is just some little doorbell hanging on the outside. <laughs> That's so funny when you talk about a clitoris. Uh, yeah, no, but I, I think that's the thing, though, is because I think men are told, even when they don't hit, like, the the, the ultimate achievement, uh, you know, benchmarks, they're still taught that everything they do matters and that they're just better than other people and they should be centered. Like, what are all these studies, right, when they say that there's, like, an equal amount of men and women in a group, men feel like they're outnumbered, yeah. right? When men and women talk for an equal amount of time, men feel women talked over them. Yeah. <laughs> like... You know, right? Or like, um, I remember a good example, um, uh, of a, a rapist in Florida. Um, his name is Todd Jeffrey Foster. He's a rapist in um, uh, Florida. I, I I don't know if he's still a Florida resident, but he was there. Yeah, he's a rapist, and his name is Todd Jeffrey Foster. All right. Um, I think he's probably just getting into his thirties about now. And last I knew, he was working part time at a restaurant and as a gym teacher. And, um, I remember I was working with this cat in the restaurant industry and, um, you know, we had a, a, a manager and the mm-hmm. manager was a cis man, a cis gay man. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he fucking, you know, if we're fucking up, making mistakes. He's like, Hey, what the fuck is your problem? You know, get mm-hmm. this shit together. Mm-hmm. And, um, but then, uh, that cis gay man got, uh, promoted to a different position and then a, um, a cis woman. Uh, takes on the position that he had. And uh, uh, sh- like a year later, she gets promoted up as well. But for yeah. the time that she was there, anytime she was like, hey, you're making a mistake there, fix that. He would say, 
she's yelling at us. Ugh, like, you never yeah. said that shit about um, the, the previous fucking manager. Uh-huh. But when it's a woman, she's, she's yelling. yelling. Right, that's why uh, women are bossy, but not, um, you know, being leaders, yeah. right? Or even that shit with, of course, you know, people say it all the time, but it always sticks with me is if men are um, better at leadership, why is it that we're always taught girls are more mature? <laughs> like, if girls are more mature, shouldn't they be the leaders? But no. Men are supposed to be the leaders, you right. know. And girls aren't more mature. Girls are more policed. Yeah. All right? Again, get get your mind off the goddamn genitals, yeah. right? Like, like, the world would be so much better if you would stop letting your boys be boys and stop trying to micromanage your daughter's vaginas. How about you micromanage your fucking boy? Like, I think we need two generations, 40 years. Mm-hmm. I don't know how long a generation is. <laughs> I don't think it's 20 years, but okay. Yeah, fuck it. Four, we need four decades of overcorrection, right? Some people might be like, hey, wait, overcorrection? You're admitting that it's over. Yes, overcorrection. Have you ever made a left turn and you went a little too far left and you got to straighten yourself back out in the lane, you need to overcorrect and straighten your car out. We need to overcorrect and straighten society and culture out. So yeah, we need to overcorrect the fuck out of how we're raising boys and, well, how we're raising girls and non-binary and transgender kids and queer folks and I don't know all the vernacular I'm falling behind. I think that's pretty much everybody. I'm, I'm losing the... Okay. Yeah, non-binary trans, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Trans, yeah. You know, and like, let some folks have a little bit more freedom and fix this shit. Yep. It's doable. Right? Yeah, it's, but people it, don't want to give... And I wonder, too, if a lot of that is like, um... Like, people want to be assholes to their kids because, like, they didn't get the childhood they wanted. And so, like... There's like, because I, I, I think that's a lot of stereotype with like the boomers, right? We're like, okay, you all, you know, like just in general, like you all got the fucking houses and you had the jobs, and you had the fucking pension plans, and millennials don't. And they're like, well, we're not going to change things for you. And it's like, I feel like that's how a lot of these parents are when it comes to like dealing with their kids is like, maybe, you know, it is a man who wanted to play with Barbie dolls even though he's hetero and he couldn't do it. So he's like, oh, I'm going to beat the shit out. Of, well, what was it fucking Kevin Hart? I'll beat the shit out of you if you want a dollhouse, right? And then, um, you know, fucking, like, uh, maybe a mother who's like, I wanted to do boy stuff. I wanted to, you know, get a STEM degree, but I had to go be a nurse because that's a woman's job. And so, like, then if her daughter's like, I want to STEM, like, no, you can't. I didn't get to have it. You don't get to have it. You don't get to have more freedom. You don't get to have the childhood I wanted. And I just wonder, like, if a lot of, um, you know, yeah. we can't change things. We can't change things. <laughs> yeah, like, fucking just... Uh, like, I mean, yeah, r- r- you know, ra- ra- raise your kid. Like, don't let them go breaking windows and shit. Yeah. But Jesus Christ, let them be. Nope. Right? Like, um, like I wear clothes that would be considered man's masculine clothes. Mm-hmm. But when I was four years old, I tried to put a dress on, and I was like, this is fucking severely illogical. I couldn't figure, <laughs> like, my head was all up in the sleeve. And I was like, this is ridiculous. Like, I don't know why girls are wearing this shit. <laughs> You know, I, I, but I, I, I did give it a shot, and my mother was like, eh, try to put on your sister's dress. And I was like, eh, 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 I'm stuck. <laughs> yeah, well, you saw how I was dressed as a child, so. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and how you had to be for your, well, what is it, senior pictures? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, but, yeah, no, I just, people, I think, are obsessed with that. And I don't think they want their kids to be happier than they were or be able to live the life that they wanted. And I um, really do wonder if that's, like, part of why there is so much like homophobia and transphobia and um you know just shit like that because it's like how dare you be 
like, you know, a black man and be just fucking femme and gay and out there and wearing flower crowns and shit. Like, fuck you. Like, you know? Like, that's not... You can't do that. You can't just do what you want to do. What about your parents? What about the church? What about, you know, everybody else who's going to make you feel guilty? What what about all those people that made me not live the way I wanted to live? How dare you be free, you asshole? Right? And then there'd be be a cognitive (laughs) dissonance to it, to that shit, too, because, like, well, like folks, I I grew up in the Northwest, which is again obviously the the north end of the West Coast, and so we have you know gangbang culture, cripping culture, and here's the cognitive dissonance, right? Don't act girly, don't be girly, don't do girly stuff. Some of the hardest, most dangerous niggas in the hood had barrettes in their hair, <laughs> blue barrettes to match their blue clothes, and if you saw a nigga with barrettes, that nigga was real deal, right? And right. then, like, and then I remember something that was really, something that I actually really enjoyed, like, going into, like, the late 90s and the early 2000s with mainstream hip-hop mm-hmm. was rappers calling themselves cute. Yeah. Call, like, cis men calling themselves pretty, mm-hmm. saying, like, I'm beautiful, check me, you know, like, like, that was a different thing. Like, I'm not just handsome in that, like, right. I'm beautiful, like, yo, I, like, check out, like, like, my nails are nice, like, mm-hmm. look at, you know. And now we have the fellows. Is it gay? <laughs> like, just take yeah. it over. Yeah. Yeah, and it's almost like patriarchy said, nope, now they did their version of an, an overcorrection. overcorrection. <laughs> there we have it. And thank you to um, L in the uh, chat space. They said, this is the first of your podcasts I've sat through, and all of this is so amazing. Yeah, thank you. We are... Uh, yelling on the microphone yes. normally we cover news and whatnot but this was a little bit different yes a little bit different and if you have a uh, podcast application on if you have a smart device or if you access podcasts through a computer um we're in stitcher itunes Podkicker. uh uh what is it fm uh, damn last fm last fm yeah tune in radio and uh you just type in the black podcast with wine cellar media and the shit is uh, popping right there. Um, over a thousand episodes. I mean, obviously, it's a news and comment program, so you want to get the most recent ones, so it's kind of relevant. Right. But if you see, like, I deliberately do, like, what could be considered clickbait headlines, but best believe, whatever's in that headline is actually in a story we're covering. Yep. Right? Like, if it says Alex Jones tells his um, audience to kill someone... I'm going to be playing some audio where he's fucking doing that. Yep. Right? Um, or our most downloaded episode to date, Why Are White Men Always Naked? <laughs> you know? And if you want to know more about why white men are always naked, you can support programs that cover news like that at patreon.com slash Fund or paypal.me slash phoenixandwilliam. Uh, let me take a look at something else over here. Off the Detroit news, a uh, strip club mogul wins a right to apply for COVID-19 relief. Mm-hmm. And that is not the exact link I had. I had another uh, general one just saying that um, that strip clubs can be covered for relief. But I'm yeah. wondering, like, are they just covering the club? Because, like, I don't understand exactly how that's set up. But do the dancers tend to be, like, private contractors? Yeah. So, like, are they going to get paid? Probably not. Or does everyone have to set up an OnlyFans and wait for the club to open back up so that they can pay a fee to fucking go there and dance for tips? Probably the OnlyFans. Uh-huh. Which is actually cracking down on sex workers, so. 
Yeah, I saw some screenshots of that. Yeah, um, I forgot who shared them. I think uh, the homie uh, Parker Loco shared mm. it. And what else did I see? Oh, yeah, let's take a look at some of this audio. Uh, this is off a of Right Wing Watch. And it's, um, so, I mean, everyone has a microphone and computer, so pretty much everyone's a show host now. <sighs> so some nigga named Chris McDonald and a nigga named Mark Taylor, and they're talking about Ahmaud Arbery, um, the relatively recent uh, lynching victim. Uh, gun lynching, right? Mm-hmm. It, it, they don't need the ropes anymore. Yeah. But uh, they're talking about that, and they're saying things that make sense. Sure. Oh, his name is Prophet Mark Taylor. Okay. Oh yeah, that that that's what that's what he earns. Profits? Yes, he does earn profits. Mohana the dancer said podcast addict. I didn't know we were in that. I don't even know what that is. Cause you know what people can do? Folks can just go to the blog talk radio and copy the RSS feed uh-huh. and put it anywhere you want it. Okay. And then it'll just come there. Okay. Yeah, that's something I learned about uh RSS feeds, which is real simple syndication. All right, let's check. You know, I've been very disturbed. I was on Ron Edwards, our mutual friend Ron Edwards show Friday, and uh, we got to talking about this terrible situation in my home state of Georgia, this uh, uh, young man that got shot uh, by two white men. All right. Now, I know. notice that he didn't say young black man that got <sighs> shot. Just just a young man that got <sighs> shot. Don't worry <laughs> about details on that. Yeah, the shooters were white, but don't worry about the details on the... Uh, don't worry about the victim. Yeah. You know, mind, mind, mind your business. And uh, Ron predicted on his show, he literally predicted it, and I knew it was going to happen over the weekend, and it did. He said, Chris, they're going to turn it into a race thing, and they're going to turn this into a Trump-bashing, racially-charged event. All right, they're turning it into a race thing. Really? Where was this, Alabama? I thought it was Georgia. Georgia? Well, all right, same thing. Basically. uh, (laughs) So, when uh, when two white men... Uh-huh. are filmed by a third white man. Yes. Murdering a black man. Yes. Those damn Negroes want to make it racial. They want to make it racial. And lying about it, too. That wasn't Cause lying. Because remember, they originally said, like, oh, well, we tried to stop him because he was a, a suspect, and he was not the suspect, because they actually released the police description of the actual suspect, who looked nothing like him. <laughs> who? Yeah, because like he, because he would like the actual suspect was like darker, taller, and like had like ta- like full sleeve tattoos, and this oh. guy had no tattoos, and I was like, and he, but he was jogging, so he had on a long sleeve, right? No, he did not. That's how I jog. Mm-hmm. In 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 the South, as we approach the summer with those temperatures, you know, he was jogging with his fucking arms covered, right? All right, but uh, yeah, maybe they're just all alternative facts. Alternative facts. Alternative facts. Because thank we're you, Kellyanne with... Conway. <laughs> Memorizing all these damn names. Yeah, they're trying to distract. I look at this almost like you call it a red flag, false flag. It's like it's it's like it didn't. It's not that it didn't happen, but it was a distraction to get our attention off of what you have just been talking about. For the... all right, mm-hmm. it's a distraction. It's okay. not like it didn't happen, but don't distract us with negras getting killed and making it racial. There's nothing racial about killing negras, all right? Mm-hmm. The white man's making sense. Right, right. For the last 30, 30 minutes. They're, they're trying to change the narrative. Change the narrative, and the, and the mayor of Atlanta... Comes- he said change the narrative. There was no narrative. There was no damn... The whole narrative is two white guys killed a black guy. Like, how do you dispute that? 
Uh, whoa, whoa, you heard what they said. Mm-hmm. A guy. A guy. All right? Don't worry about that part. They're, that's the thing. See, you're you're not colorblind. No, I am not. I don't know what's wrong with you niggers and not being colorblind. <laughs> you goddamn porch monkeys are always thinking about race. Yes. Comes out and says that Trump's rhetoric is what led to this. And then you've got MSNBC and uh, everybody. you got this rapper, literally, that... Uh, he put some stank on it when it said rapper. Mm-hmm. Like that, like Jesus Christ. He Like he said it with a hard R, as far as I'm concerned. This rapper. You got this rapper, literally, that... Literally, everybody... You got this rapper and uh, everybody... You got this rapper, literally that uh calls the you know that the black people need to arm themselves from the vanilla isis and both all right sam so some rapper said they need to arm themselves from the vanilla isis yes what are you looking at that makes you smile i'm looking at uh the guy on the prophet mark taylor i'm looking at his website yes ma'am he has a list of his prophecies oh yeah yes yeah the good stuff this is allegedly from 2011 where he predicted trump was going to be in office The Spirit of God says, I have chosen this man, Donald Trump, for such a time as this. For as Benjamin Netanyahu is to Israel, so shall this man be to the United States of America. I will use this man to bring honor, respect, and restoration to America. The dollar will be the strongest it's ever been. That's what the fuck Jesus tell you? Jesus talked to you about economics? What? Jesus Jesus loves capitalism and bankers. I don't know if you've read the fucking book, buddy. I've read the book. All right. And crunches, according to pictures. The enemy will say, what shall we do now? This man knows all our tricks and schemes. That sounds like a code word for Jews. <laughs> tricks and, you know what? Yeah, tricks and schemes. That does. That's <laughs> what the shit. Oh, yeah. The spirit says, ha! It's the capital. H-A-H-A. Uh, no one shall stop this that I have started. For the enemy is stolen. What the enemy has stolen from America for decades stops now. I will use this man to reap the harvest that the United States has sown. Oh, my God. For Israel, Israel will be protected by America once again. The Spirit says yes. The Spirit of God says yes. I will protect America and Israel for this next president to be a man of his word. All right. Uh, the Spirit of God says in this next election, they will spend billions to keep this president in. It will be like flushing their money down the toilet. Wait, what? 2011? What year did Obama get in? Uh, uh, one in 2008, inaugurated 2009. And... Then, 2012. So this is from 2011. So it says they're going to spend billions to keep this president in. It will be like flushing their money down the toilet. Obama had two terms, nigga. Maybe. <laughs> what the fuck? Maybe he had two terms, but also maybe, <laughs> maybe uh-huh. Obama did quantitative easing. Sounds pretty Republican. Yes. Obama supported a Blue Lives Matter bill, making it a hate crime to kill a cop. Yes. Sounds pretty Republican. That is Republican. Obama had kids in cages and Mm -hmm. is still the deporter-in-chief. Donald Trump has not hit his numbers yet. Sounds pretty Republican. Hmm. So maybe the second Obama administration... I know there's some mad liberals tuned in. Because I I shared this to a page I don't typically share a podcast to. They're like, don't say facts about Obama. Don't say facts about Obama. You're a Russian troll, which they're recycling back back on Twitter. They're telling people to mass uh, mass report accounts of black leftists for being fake accounts because they criticize the Democratic Party. 
And only Russian trolls and bots do that, so they're obviously fake accounts. God, liberals are racist as fuck, because they know it. They know what the fuck they're doing. Y'all are Uh, racist as shit. I have to laugh. The next sentence says, let them waste their money, but it's spelled waste, like, not, you know, to squander, but waste, yes, like the thing in your middle. (laughs) It says, let them waste their money, but it's Oh, no. Oh, and he he extended the Bush tax cuts. Yes. But they will not succeed for this next election will be a a clean sweep for the man I have chosen. And he offered up Social Security as a grand bargain to Mitch McConnell in 2013. I just want to reiterate again, he's saying God told him this. It says, uh, for as the feathers of a duck protect it, so shall my feathers protect this next president. They say it rolls off him like the duck. That's what the fuck Jesus be saying to y'all niggas? Yes, ma'am. Okay. Yeah, his website's really funny. Do you want to start a rock in the West Coast prayer group with him? No. What the? Okay, and um, taking a look over right, here. Right, about whoopsie do over at the uh, Fox News. All right, where well, you you've got you got some wise folks over there. Oh, excuse me. I'm sure they do. All right, so um. We've got Brian Kilmeade. Ugh. All right. What? Oh, you're not. You're not. You're not fill, filling the kill. No. The Kilmeade. No. Why not? Why would I be? And they have um uh Hegseth. I'm not seeing Hegseth's uh, first name. Hmm. But uh, all right. But we have a we have a we have a panel here. Okay. All right. And what uh, wise words will be said? Oh, I'm sure. Oh, and uh, who's that other one? Who? Damn, I recognize some of these niggas' faces. I haven't looked at Fox News in a long-ass time. Hmm. But uh, this is a fun 48 seconds. Seconds, about 78,000 are dead. We understand how many got the virus and will. I get it. But at the same time, can you get the military mindset with the masses of take on the enemy because we have no choice? All right, so he knows there's a virus, but we need a military mindset and take on the enemy. So the virus is the enemy. And we need a military mind. And, so, and why is he trying to act like Tupac and a military minded? I mean, so what? PPE and social distancing? Nah, something better than that. Oh. Yeah, something far more Republican. Oh, oh. Take on the enemy because we have no choice. Sitting on the sideline will destroy the country. How do you get the military mindset for the everyday American? All right. So he's trying to figure this out. How? Do we get the military mindset for the regular person? For you. Mm-hmm. All right? For Phoenix mm-hmm. Collider. Fox News needs to get you a military mindset. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, the military mindset is a patriotic mindset. It's what forged and founded this country. It is courage. We, we can be responsible. We can follow guidelines while also reopening. We have to reopen, guys. All right? Uh, they, they don't like him, do they? What, Fox News doesn't like that guy? That guy. I don't think they give a shit. Oh, because he said we still have to follow guidelines, but we can reopen. Oh, uh, that, that, that's that caveat shit, right? Because that, that's that, um, I think that that's that, look, we're being reasonable. That's that shit the Democrats do where... Abortion it, rights. Yeah, where Democrats are like, hey, safe, legal, rare, as opposed to mind your fucking business, because Democrats are fucking busters, yeah. as, and Republicans are the boot they lick. And, uh, but like, what, what, what else do Democrats do, right? Uh, Sandy Hook happens. Democrats, before they say anything, they say, 
Hey, I like guns. I, I'm not anti-gun. Yeah. I just think I have a gun. Yeah, like they they all they always uh, I think the word is capitulate. Right now, even in some of the more difficult places or the livelihoods of people is going to crush more folks or as many. I'm not talking in a statistical sense as the actual virus itself. Hey, don't worry about statistics. Don't you worry about, about statistics. No, no statistical sense, buddy chief. No. And uh, folks that are just now tuning in, uh, we are over an hour over. If you tuned in and you saw the um, the title We've done the Boosie segment, so when the archive hits, you can play it from the beginning and hear the um, the Boosie commentary and the tangent that follows. And back to Fox News. In a statistical sense, as the actual virus itself. So I, I think we can muster it. We've done it before, guys. Uh, and I think this is another chance to rise to that. All right, and he said we've done it before. So apparently there was also another pandemic, and yes. people went out anyway. Yes. Was that... What, what, was that um, 1918. Spanish flu? Yes. And folks were like, hey, we're fucking all right. Well, what happened is the numbers went down. They said, hey, we're all right. Let's have a party to celebrate through a parade. And then everybody got sick again and died. Okay, see, that that's kind of like uh, when they, it, they installed that shit where it was like, all right, none of you motherfucking um, states that are on this list, southern states... <laughs> can change your voting laws without, you know, running that shit through these channels so we can make sure you're not just trying to stop neggers from voting. Mm -hmm. And the argument that Georgia made in the Supreme Court was, what? Neggers are voting just fine. We might as well lift that rule. And I think the, um, the analogy, I guess you would call it, folks were making was like, Oh, yeah, that's like saying, oh, look, no rain is getting on me. Let me take my umbrella down. <laughs> right. Yeah. I thought it was Scalia. I think Scalia was still alive. Because he was saying some shit like, I'm white, I'm not bothered. That's right, yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, Antonin was still alive. And I remember Alex Jones was saying, um, I think his argument when Scalia died was that, um, like, they set him up with some killer sex workers which I understand how that might sound like they did a really good job, but like, <laughs> no, like sex workers that Homicidal sex workers? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I thought it was either that um, or he was like poisoned. Yeah, either the sex workers killed him or he got poisoned. Yep, and Mohana the Dancer leaving a comment saying, um, I wouldn't put it past anyone, including Obama, to take repub money. Oh, like, remember, no. Obama did not evolve on marriage equality until... Um, he got money from groups that supported marriage you equality. I can see human rights campaign supported Joe Biden because he's always supported LGBTQ rights. Always? Oh, fuckers. I fucking hate human rights campaign. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Also HRC, ironic. Yeah, like, yeah. Is there a good HRC anywhere? No. No. Jesus Christ. <clears throat> and also, like, um, and yeah, as far as, like, that taking money from anywhere, because I kind of see the Obama administration as kind of like, um, like, uh, the, uh, Bill Clinton part two. Yeah. Right. And like, remember in 1996, Bill Clinton illegally took money from China for his, uh, for his election campaign. But the Republicans didn't say shit about it. Cause they were like, we want to do shit like that too. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like, let's not set a precedent of, uh, uh, prosecuting niggas for that. Mm. All right. That's, um, everything I had. Yes. Jesus fucking Christ. And it is 1228 a.m. Shit. And uh, so I have to be at work 
in a while. Yes. And then um, I have to be at work again Mm -hmm. and then again because mandatory six-day work weeks. Right. Yeah, fuck all that shit that um, workers' rights uh, activists uh, were murdered for trying to get us the five-day work week. Right. Yeah. All right, and that should be that. And if you like programs that we where we talked about whatever the fuck we yelled about for over an hour <laughs> again yes. uh, patreon.com slash wine cellar media fund um, you didn't have time to do a swap cast today I did not but also you probably shouldn't have because yeah the audio was, was there was yeah troubleshooting to do and um, Chelsea Springler and the folks at Fury uh, they are ready to start coming this Sunday we might be recording at 3 p.m. So you'll get your first episode of Talk Fury, and it'll be hosted by Chelsea Springler. And I'm just going to be there because I got to engineer shit. And um, and I know Chelsea Springler has not really done broadcasting, has done public speaking, but not broadcasting. Mm-hmm. So I'll be helping along with like moving segments forward and transitioning and whatnot. Okay. Right. So it's not like you're just going to have my man voice talking over a feminist podcast. All right. And that should be that. Okay. PayPal.me slash Phoenix and William. Um, dollar sign Phoenix Kaliter on that cash app. Yes. And on my Facebooks, I have that Venmo if you want to hold it down. And I don't think we don't need anyone to send anything for masks right now. No one's requesting masks. And we have more disposable and we have more reusable masks. So if you do need a free mask, Send me a message on Facebook. I'm William J. Jackson. Uh, right now, my profile picture is me with a dashiki t-shirt and uh, three characters from the cartoon Daria. So find William J. Jackson. Send me a private message. Let me know you need a mask and what safe address you need us to send it to. And um, and we'll give you a free socialized mask. We pay shipping and all that. You don't pay for shit. You just mm-hmm. get a free socialized mask. All right, and that is that. Please, motherfucker, be as safe as possible wherever you are.